everyone, and welcome again to our podcast series. This is part three in my dynamic leadership series, Conflict Resolution. I've got Bill Haynes back. Thank you so much for doing this again. And uh, we're wrapping up this conflict resolution series that we started with you. Part one, we introduced, kind of talked about conflict resolution to begin with and covered basics there. Part two, we touched on red flags, uh, what we can look out for before getting into a full-blown conflict situation. And now wrapping up with part three, we kind of created this one during the first two portions. And we're going to talk about ways to know yourself and your people better in order to avoid conflict or to work through conflict situations. Bill, thank you again for doing this with us. This has been a really fun series, very informative, and I am nerdily very excited for today's topic. Yes, I tell you, I'm super excited about today. I think the other two podcasts were exceptional. This podcast here is really going to get to the prevention, understanding people, which is super important in in dealing with uh, or understanding where conflict comes from. So, so I'm I'm excited. This is going to be cool. So I will I will let listeners know too that you're going to reference several personality assessments on this podcast, and we will have links attached to this for reference as well, so people can link to that, check these out, get more details there. Don't worry, folks, you don't have to be taking crazy notes while we're doing this. That'll be provided at the end. Bill, if you don't mind, will you give us a a brief introduction to yourself real quick before we get started here? Sure. I'm finishing up 30 plus years of special operations time. I've served with 75th Ranger Regiment, as well as Special Forces, several assignments spanning the 30 years, currently in the process of retiring and looking forward to the next chapter and, and joining the civilian workforce. And this is one of my passions is dealing with with conflict because all too often when we're dealing with high-performing people, people that are driven to extremes in perfection and accomplishments, there tends to be a lot of conflict. And so I've got 30 years of trying to figure this out. I want to share that with as many people as possible. I personally really appreciate this a lot. I will say to that I really like pulling this from, I think it was part one where you talked about kind of re- programming how we see conflict and to see it not as like a negative, but as an opportunity. So this has been cool to dig into that a little bit more over this series. And I think this part here that we're going to talk about today, um, you can see how much opportunity there is as far as getting ahead of the conflict and doing your work beforehand. So leading into that, what is the first part we're going to kind of start with here today with conflict resolution? Yeah, I think it's going to be important to understand communication styles, not just your communication style, which is which is a part of the equation. How do you like to receive the information, your communication style, but really also how do your people prefer to communicate and what do they value in, in the communication style? And I think when I reflect back on 30 years of military service, how a younger soldier communicates is vastly different than that of a middle tenure person in the army or a senior person in in the military. As you move up the ranks, you realize that you got to transition yourself from when you talk to younger soldiers, when you talk to that mid-level, and you got to transition when you talk to those senior members of the military. And so I think that's really important, understanding how people communicate, what they value, And then most importantly, there's some goodness in just talking to people without an agenda. Just get down there and just relax and 
just talk to people, figure out what makes them tick and what motivates them. I think that's huge. The art of listening these days is a big one and it's so yes. impactful. So impactful. You can see it when you just genuinely listen to somebody. So I think that's a huge one right there. Talking about knowing communication methods, because that is huge, both my own and then whoever I'm working with too. I'm much more effective when I'm working with that, not against it. How important is it too to know not just who you're working with, but then yourself as well? Yeah, so knowing yourself, that's where it all should start from. It, you've got to really understand what makes you, what motivates you, what your biases are. Again, that communication style. And if you're able to really grasp kind of like your strengths and your weaknesses, then you're going to more than likely reduce conflicts and misunderstandings at the workplace. You're going to inevitably improve organizational culture and we're going to transition into the assessments here shortly but if you do these assessments you're going to figure out where people fit best within your organization because a lot of times if you put a person in the wrong job within your company then they're going to underperform there's going to be friction there's going to be conflict but had you done a thorough assessment of the individual and what motivates them and where their natural talents lie that person could have flourished somewhere else in your company and that all that bad stuff would have never happened. So I'm, I'm a big fan of these personality assessments. This is cool. Now I've recognized some of these I'm looking ahead here and I, and several of them are new to me. So again, reminder for listeners that we're going to provide links for all of these as well for more information later on, but these look and Bill, you said you've done most of these or yes. taken them yourself, uh, right? So Yes. Yeah, so Stacy, I've taken all of them, but one, the Myra Briggs, I have not, but all the rest of them I have taken. Very cool. All right. So introduce me to these. I'm, I've heard of Myra Briggs before. Quite a few of these are new to me here. Yeah. So we've got the Hogan assessment. We've got the Myers Briggs. We've got the Neo PDR management planning report, the TTI talent insights, the Clifton strengths, the Berkman. And so real quick to start back with the Hogan. So the Hogan assessment, I find that in special operations, we use this one a lot because it talks about talent acquisition, talent management, and how people interact with other people. And so we find that one to be pretty insightful. The Meyer Briggs is another one that a lot of the Fortune 500 companies I think the number is like 75% of the Fortune 500 companies use. Really, it's it's understanding your people and, and figuring out what makes them tick. And I think that's why they Fortune 500 companies use this quite often. The NEO PDR management planning report has got distinctive characteristic traits or characteristics outlined. It assesses people as far as their problem-solving skills, planning and organizing and implementation skills styles of relating to others, and then just their personal style, right? So really, you can see how that one really kind of gets down into what makes that person tick and their natural talents are. And then the TTI talent insights, it kind of digs down on how a person prefers to do what they do, why a person does what they do, examples of the most effective ways to keep a person engaged, and then how to and how not to talk to a person. 
So it's specific to that individual, kind of like what are their triggers, what are their motivations? And so you can yeah. kind of really harness that, especially if you getting ready to have a tough conversation with that individual, you could pull that report off, knock off the dust, and then you can kind of formulate your game plan and how you're going to talk with them. To be most effective. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then one that I like because it really kind of drives to a person's strengths, their natural talents is the Clifton strengths. They got top five themes. It helps companies understand where best to place a person within the company. And I think it's also really insightful for the person because all too often, especially as younger people, we really don't know what we want to do. So having something that kind of lets you know what your natural talents are can kind of guide you in a direction where you might find the work that you love doing and it doesn't turn into work. It turns into a passion, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of the Clifton Strengths. And then another one that I found that was really interesting was the Berkman. Berkman gives essentially a map of interests, usual behaviors, needs, and stress behavior. And it plots it on a, on a quad chart. And it kind of lets you know where you fall within their assessment. But it gives basic information about a person, possible challenges, handling commitment, handling conflict, how a person prefers others to talk and work with them, job preferences, how a person works with others, their leadership style, and their learning style. So that's another great one when you're having those tough conversations and you're preparing as, for them as a leader, you can pull those files out, dust them off, and then you can really kind of get down on how best to communicate effectively with that person. So those are the ones that I would highly recommend any company to explore. And if you already have your company and you haven't been doing these things, it's great for team building, for individual professional growth and development. These are great tools for people to understand themselves better. And then of course, as leaders, you get to understand your people better and how to communicate with them. That's huge. So I, I have a question. So for all of these, is that, are these something like a company would utilize these and send these reports out to their employees? Or can I, as an individual, is there an option too for me to go in there and just do one for myself, just to learn more about myself? Yes. So great question, Stacy. There are a lot of free assessments online. Now, I haven't done those, and I just don't know how valuable those are, but individuals can just go on there and experiment. What I would caution most people with is understand who's collecting the data, understand what those companies are doing with the data once you put it in there, because there's going to be your personal information in there. And then, of course, what motivates you, what makes you tick, all of those things are in that data pool. So you got to be careful with who's got visibility on those. But these specific ones that I'm talking about here, a company would pay for their people to take the assessment so they would have to go to the links that we provide later in the podcast and then apply for it, pay for it. And then, of course, their employees can take the assessment. To the best of my knowledge, an individual cannot just go to them and pay. I think it wouldn't. I, I don't know if the cost would would be beneficial for an individual to take. Then again, I haven't taken it as an individual to, to even know the cost of these because I have never had to deal with that. Right. And they'd definitely be able to find that information with the links we'll have on here too. So it's 
Absolutely. I know I'm going to look into it myself because this yeah. is fun. Now, the, and one more question regarding these. Would you recommend doing more than one or do the research and pick one that fits best, I think, for what you're looking for to get from the assessment? Yeah, I think it depends on the resources, right? What I would say is having taken all but one of these, each one of them has given me a different perspective of myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and they focus in certain areas. There are some places where it kind of blends 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 together, but it just reaffirms the data that you're getting and probably what your true strengths or your true weaknesses are. I would recommend taking multiples of these, right? Take take a couple of these. I think a company just needs to find out with their own research what's the impact to the company they're looking for. Is it hey we're trying to select people for the right job, or is it Hey, we're doing team building. We're trying to do professional development. And what's your focus? And then go after the one that really hits hard on that. Gotcha. You know, that makes a ton of sense. No, I like that. All right. These are great. These are great. Anything else building off of this, wrapping up? So we've covered like the ones that you've recommended the most and you've had experience with too. Anything else as far as understanding yourself? Yeah. Well, I think first off, one of the best ways a company can demonstrate genuine investment in their people is to provide them with tools to understand themselves better. And then what motivates them? How do you reduce conflict then is up to you as an individual, as a leader to pull on those resources that you provided essentially the company with, right? And I know it's a little bit of an investment monetarily, but these are powerful tools that if they're used correctly, when things start to to bubble up and you start seeing those red flags, you can go back to the paperwork and you can see where the person's at, see what, what they value and what they value in communications, what motivates them, and you can shape that conversation, which is so important because usually it's during that engagement and you're suspecting some red flags and there's some conflict that things tend to boil over and then they it's the cat's out of the bag and you're not going to get the cat back in the bag. And so having these tools are paramount to keeping everything tranquil and really reaching over. And, and again, that's the opportunity part, right? It's the opportunity of a leader shaping their conversation to be effective. It's an opportunity to allow a person to learn and grow. And then through that, you're building team cohesion. You're building that that cohesiveness that everybody looks for in a highly dynamic overly achieving organization and so i think i think those things are are super critical and one of the things that i used to talk to my my young ncos about is the transmission it's an analogy of how do we communicate right and so the way i usually start the story off stacy is as a young nco we only have about two or three gears. We have the gear that we talk with and how we talk to our friends, close family. We have a gear that talks to our privates, our young soldiers, and it's usually very directive and it's very authoritative. And then it's the gear that, hey, this is how I talk to all my superiors. Well, as you move up the ranks in the military, you find that that transmission starts to get bigger and bigger because by the time you're a senior leader, in the military, not only are you talking to young soldiers, but you're talking to young leaders, you're talking to mid-level leaders, officers and NCOs, 
you're talking to senior members of the military, officers and NCOs. You're talking to civilians, contractors, host nation personnel, diplomats. So now, you know, you're having to figure out the, the communication style that will work best in every one of those situations. And they don't look the same. And then on top of that, it's the transition between those conversations in any one given day. How many young soldiers do you talk to in a day? You have that one conversation, and then next thing you know, you're talking to a senior officer. And then right after that, you're talking to a, a contractor or a civilian counterpart. And then you transition over to another person, and it may be somebody within your community, and you're having to change your tone and the method in which you're delivering your method in each one of those. And I think the people that do that really well do it seamlessly, and it looks really easy for them to do that. And I think that goes back to if I was a young soldier and I had taken some of these assessments, it had been really powerful for me to take that information and utilize that in how I communicated. And I think I'd have probably kept from having to learn a hard, lot of hard things the hard way. I really like that. That makes a lot of sense with how that grows and progresses and how understanding yourself better sooner is just helpful for you and everyone working with you. So. That's very cool. I like that a lot. Always yeah. opportunity, lots of opportunity in there. And Stacey, one more thing, if I could, it's also important for leaders to share their assessment with their subordinates, because how many times do we not know what makes our boss pick? And mm -hmm. we either get lucky or we fail miserably. And that usually results in a difficult conversation that's usually one way. And it usually makes for a horrible night. And either you prevail and you pull through or you end up going to another job, which is unfortunate, right? So I really encourage leaders to share their assessments with their subordinates so they know what their leaders value in communication, what their leaders value within the organization and what makes them tick, what motivates them. And then, of course, also, what are some of their shortcomings? What are the things that they're struggling with? And it just helps build that trust again. So I like that a lot. So the, I mean, it really shows that the door swings both ways and it's, there's things to work on everywhere. And having that understanding of how to work best with your boss, with your managers, whatever is, that's huge. So absolutely. Really great tip there. Really great tip. Again, we will have the links attached to this. You had a couple books that you wanted to leave on here as well. If you don't mind touching on those really quick. Um, and how those tie in that we're going to have on for the resources as well. Yes, Stacey. So the first book is Surrounded by Idiots, and that's by Thomas Erickson. And he categorizes people in four categories, essentially. And then he kind of goes through how they prefer to communicate, how do they think about things and how they interact with their environment. And it's, I find it to be a wonderful book. And then the other one is The Culture Code. It's been out for a little bit, and that's by Daniel Cole. That's just another great book on how to be a good leader, an effective leader, and how to build a cohesive team. And um, is another good read on that. So those are the two books I would I would highly encourage. If, if someone hasn't read those, I would look into those. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. This has got some stuff to look into here and in our research myself. And then any final notes, thoughts? To add to this before we close out 
in wrapping up all three of the podcasts, I would say conflict is an opportunity. There are some banking strategies that one have to have the discipline to incorporate in their daily activities to transition a conflict from a negative to an opportunity. There are plenty of red flags out there for people to, to pick up on, but you got to be looking for them and you have to be a present leader. You have to be an intrusive leader to see them, to identify them, and then to take the right course of action. And then ultimately, the first step is understanding yourself, understanding your people, what great tools are out there on the internet, from different companies and these assessments and share them co-mingle, talk about those assessments so everybody understands what people value, and you will avoid a lot of conflict, at least initially on. And you can then kind of get over those big boulders together. I appreciate that. No, that wrap-up was very helpful. Again, reminder for folks that this is part three in this series on conflict resolution. So go back and check out those other two if you haven't already. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to build these and talk about them with me and to share your years of expertise in this area and just your observations and your learnings from this. This has been really, really informative. So I appreciate that a lot. Thanks for having me, Stacy. I really enjoyed preparing for these and engaging on these on this topic. I really look forward to helping as many people, how many as many companies as I can, you know, deal with these things that most people want to shy away from. And so yeah, we'll see we'll see what the future brings as I transition out of the military. And and I want to say thanks to LSDS, thanks to you and Terry for helping me along and and giving me a good start in the right direction. So thanks. Absolutely. Right. Well, we're going to keep you around for a while, I'm sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions or want to get in touch with Bill, our email that you can reach a whole bunch of us at, you're going to be your best bet, is riskmitigation at lsds.us. We've got lots of eyes on that one. So any questions off of this topic, I have, you know, want us to look into something else, we can do that there. Um, you can always contact us from our website as well. It's lsds.us. We'll be back more. We're done with this series for now. We'll have more topics coming up in the near future. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll be in touch soon. Mm -hmm.